Welcome to our podcast for college Catholics, where we discuss faith and spirituality from a Catholic perspective. I'm Father Patrick. Our Lord taught through many parables in the gospel. These are like uh, comparisons or images taken from daily life in which he teaches about spiritual, divine, and eternal realities. And in the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 13, verse 44, he says the following, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found. Then in his joy he sells all that he has and buys that field. The Lord speaks uh, in different occasions of the kingdom of heaven. This kingdom is a bit of a multifaceted reality. It can mean heaven itself, or it can mean God. It, it may, may represent God himself, or the Catholic Church, or sanctifying grace. So these are all realities that are interconnected, realities that are like a hidden treasure. And therefore, the parable of the hidden treasure can be applied to any of these realities, and it can also be applied to the topic of this episode, which is the reality of our interior moral conscience. Our moral conscience is a great treasure that God has given us. As the Vatican Council says in uh, Gaudium et Spes, deep within his conscience, man discovers a law which he has not laid upon himself, but which he must obey. Its voice ever calling him to love and to do what is good and, uh, and avoid what is evil, sounds in his heart at the right moment. For man has in his heart a law inscribed by God. His conscience is man's most secret core and his sanctuary. There he is alone with God, whose voice echoes in its depths. So this is why our conscience is such a treasure. Because when it is well formed, our conscience is like God's voice within us. Isn't it true that many times we wish God would speak to us, and we think, if God would tell me what to do, I would simply do it. But we usually don't hear God's voice in the same way we can hear other people's voices. However, our conscience is, to some extent, that voice of God that gives us guidance and suggests what we have to do in different specific situations. I say, uh, to some extent, because, as we will see later, we can have a well-formed and prudent conscience, which is a good thing, or we can have a faulty or corrupt conscience, which can be an obstacle in knowing what God wants. But uh, we'll speak about that later. To put it briefly, our moral conscience is that interior voice that tells us what we should do. It judges what is right and what is wrong. St. Paul, in this sense, uh, says to the Romans, in his letter to the Romans, chapter 2, verse 14, For when the Gentiles, who do not have the law, by nature, observe the prescriptions of the law. They are a law for themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the demands of the law are written in their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness, 
and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even defend them. Or as St. John Henry Newman puts it in one of his letters, he says, Our conscience is the messenger of him, God, who both in nature and in grace speaks to us behind a veil and teaches and rules us by his representatives. Conscience is the innate representative of Christ. So, our conscience is not a, a particular organ that we have in our mind, nor is it an external angel that gives us good ideas, because there is, in fact, a guardian angel that can give us good inspirations, and there is the Holy Spirit that can also give us good inspirations, and there are other people outside of us who can give us good advice. But those are different from our conscience. What is unique of the moral conscience is that it is in us. It is a judgment of our intelligence or reason by which we recognize the moral value or quality of an action that we are about to perform, are in the process of performing, or have already performed. So it's, it's this judgment that we have that tells us this that you're going to do is right, or this that you're doing is right, or this that you did is right. So for the future, the present, or the past. So you see, it is our very intelligence that being aware of the moral law judges what we are doing, what we did, or what we are going to do. Now, supposing that your conscience is well-formed or well-instructed and trained, then you are obliged to follow faithfully that moral conscience in what it tells you that is right and just. This is why when we know that our conscience is docile to the truth of God, we have to follow it, even if anyone outside is pressuring against us, or even if we have to suffer loss because of following our, our conscience. In that sense, we could say that our moral conscience has like several functions. First of all, it encourages us to do good. Also, it is a moral guide. That is, it is God's instrument to communicate with us. It perceives the principles of morality. That is the idea that we have to do good and avoid what is evil. That's a principle of moral life. In philosophy, that like, sort of commandment to do what is good and avoid what is evil is called synderesis, and it's natural to all human beings. Our conscience also judges our thoughts, our choices, and our actions in three moments, as we said before. The actions that we plan to do in the future, the actions that we are doing in the present, and the actions we have already done in the past. In that sense, it helps us apply the principles of morality, the, the commandments and the gospel, the principles of morality, to the concrete acts that we are performing. And the man that follows his conscience faithfully, he becomes a prudent man and eventually virtuous and holy. And finally, our conscience is a witness to the authority of God as the source of moral truth. That is, our conscience gives witness to the fact that we cannot do whatever we want because there is a God who tells us what to do and what is good. And there's an objective good 
and an ultimate objective law to be followed. And that law comes from God, or more properly, that law is God himself. This is why uh, I was saying that at the beginning that our conscience is like a treasure. Now, uh, a great example of this judgment of conscience is what happened in the first book of Maccabees, chapter 6, verse 10. To, uh, this happened to King Antiochus. He had accumulated great power and conquered many kingdoms, but then he started to lose several battles, and then he felt he was dying. So he called his generals and friends and said to them, and now I quote from the book of Maccabees, Sleep has departed from my eyes, for my heart is sinking with anxiety. I said to myself, Into what tribulation have I come, and in what floods of sorrow am I now? Yet I was kindly and beloved in my rule. But I now, I now recall the evils I did in Jerusalem, when I carried away all the vessels of gold and silver that were in it, and for no cause gave orders that the inhabitants of Judah be destroyed. I know that this is why these evils have overtaken me, and now I am dying in bitter grief in a foreign land. So there we see the, the reality that we all experience at one time or another. The interior peace or happiness for having done something good, in spite of the sufferings it might entail, or, in the case of Antiochus, the interior regret for having done something evil, in spite of the benefits we might have received or even might be enjoying at the present moment. So, uh, because our conscience is a reality, and it guides us as to what is right and wrong, we have to listen to it, and get into the habit of following it. This is why it is important to become aware of the voice of our conscience. This is a first requirement to listen to God's voice in ourselves. We must be present to ourselves and learn to be present within our own interiority. This is where a life of prayer, mental prayer, I mean, uh, reflection or meditation comes into play. The busyness, the constant interaction with the outside world, the news that comes toward us, so many pastimes that we have, the influence of social media, all these things tend to push us to the outside. They distract us from our own interiority. But it is in that interiority that God speaks. It is in that interiority that we find the voice of our conscience that guides and inspires us. This is why it is important to have a daily time of meditation or contemplation and a time to examine our conscience daily in a word, we need to have a time to pray every day. In that interiority, in that silence within ourselves, our conscience also holds us accountable to itself. It makes a person aware of his responsibility for the actions he has committed. We can't run away from our conscience, even if we tried. But this voice of conscience that holds us accountable 
when it is inspired by faith, it also reminds us that God is merciful, and therefore it calls us to repentance. It calls us to turn toward God, because indeed that conscience was created by God and leads us toward God. So it is therefore this judgment of conscience that gives us true interior freedom, a freedom to act according to what is good, regardless of what the rest of the world might say. If we do what is right in the eyes of God, even if the whole world condemns us, we know we are doing what is right, and we will deserve heaven. This is why man should be allowed to act according to his well-formed conscience, especially in religious matters. As a final example, I will read you a section of the Confessions of St. Augustine, uh, in which uh, later in life he writes and recalls how he did an evil action when he was younger, when he was a boy. So uh, he, he did it just for the sake of evil, right? So he says the following, book uh, four of the Confessions. There was a pear tree close to our own vineyard, heavenly laden with fruit, which was not tempting either for its color or for its flavor. Late one night, having prolonged our games in the streets until then, as our bad habit was, a group of young scoundrels, and I among them, went to shake and rob this tree. We carried off a huge load of pears, not to eat ourselves, but to dump out to the hogs, after barely tasting some of them ourselves. Doing this pleased us all the more because it was forbidden. Such was my heart, O God, such was my heart, which you pitied even in that bottomless pit. Behold, now let my heart confess to you what it was seeking there, when I was being gratuitously wanton, having no inducement to evil, but the evil itself. So, I highly encourage you to learn to listen to your conscience. Try your best to give God an opportunity to speak to you in the silence of your heart. That conscience is like a messenger of God, especially if it is well formed by faith, by the words of Christ in the gospel, and by the teachings of the Catholic Church. There in your heart, God will lead you. He will guide you and strengthen you. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please make sure to share it with your friends. And please also follow us in your preferred platform. And don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Hope to see you next time. May God bless your day.